Greek. What's fine? How you doing, mate? Good, very good. Thank you very much for having me, Dan. Yeah, nice one. Thanks for coming on, mate. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, mate. Um, just for like anyone who's listening, just a just a quick brief, just who you are and where you come from, mate. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of an interesting background, I guess. Uh, my name is Tarek Abdurrahman. I um, uh, I moved to the Sunshine Coast, beautiful Sunshine Coast. About four years ago from Bahrain, where my dad is from, and my mum's from Scotland, which is where I grew up. Um, I am currently, I'm the ex-head coach of Sunshine Coast Boxing Club. I had a, had the opportunity to run a great club with a great few people. Um, you know, uh, until COVID hit, it was, a, it was a wonderful place to be. Uh, recently moved to the city, I'm third vice president of Boxing British Columbia. I uh, serve the, the interests of the members of Boxing BC and do my best to, to promote the interests of uh, the members of Boxing BC. I'm also a competitive uh, coach for amateurs and pros and uh, I love coaching non-competitives, uh, a bit of boxing for some fitness and for some fun. Nice mate. So, some intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, So just like going right back to the beginning, yeah. like where you grew up, so you grew up in Scotland, is that right? Yeah. Were you born, were you born in Scotland? No, I wasn't, no. I was born in Bahrain and I moved to Scotland when I was about <clears throat> probably 11, 12 years old. Um, I've been to Scotland loads, obviously over the summers and, and Christmases and whatnot to see my mum's family. I moved to Scotland, the west coast of Scotland, uh, just uh, in a, a little town just outside Ayr in the west coast to live with my auntie and uncle. Um, and uh, yeah, I grew up, grew up kinda in, a, in a different environment to what I was used to in Bahrain, which is a Middle Eastern country. It's very small, insulated, a uh, bit of a bubble, you know, very, very safe place to go into the west of Scotland, which is just a little bit colder and a wee bit rougher. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Contrast. And what was it like for you, obviously, growing up in Scotland? It's an interesting question, actually. I mean, like, you know, going and visiting for summers and Christmases and whatnot was, was always fun, you know, um, and uh, it was very, very different when I went and kind of went to live there and went to school there and interacted in a different way. It was very hard initially, uh, being away from my family as well, you know, I was living with my auntie and, and uncle who were, like, they were great people, um, had, you know, a great household um, relationship with everybody, you know, was very loved and whatnot, but it was a wee bit rough. Um, it's not very multicultural, it's uh, not very multi-ethnic, you know, so like, being in a place that maybe don't know where people from Bahrain are from or you know don't understand other cultures etc and so forth it was a little bit tough so I kind of had to grow up and toughen up a little bit quicker than I yeah. probably would have liked to. Yeah Scotland's definitely a place for yeah, toughening up. So. It is indeed man. Yeah. Is that where you started boxing in, in Scotland? Yeah I started a bit of boxing when I was a kid uh, you know confidence you know anti-bullying and whatnot I remember um, take me down and uh, I was being bullied a little bit at school, well, quite a bit at school and whatnot and he's like you know this will take you down, toughen you up son and walk into the boxing club which is that wasn't actually boxing it was a community centre taught by, taught by uh, I don't know if you know what the boys brigade is, the BBs, they're like the scouts type type thing okay. and uh, you know it was like an off, it wasn't even directly through them but one of the guys used to, the, old, the people who ran it used to coach a little bit of boxing and whatnot and uh, walked in and all the bullies that were bullying me were at that club so I was a wee bit tough mm. so but uh, you know eventually kind of learned to box a little bit and enjoyed it but you know my main love at that point of life was playing football and you know being involved in that environment as well and just all sorts of different sports and but yeah my first taste of boxing was, was back then. Nice yeah so and you said you were playing football were you playing football before before boxing? Uh, yeah. What was your like Football career. Oh, I had an interesting football career, actually. I have to say, um, I was lucky enough to 
to you know to get scouted by a couple of teams, you know, um, kind of be in their youth development program um, in, in England and in Scotland. Went over for trial uh, with a couple of clubs in Germany as well. I spent a while there, and, and uh, you know, not to kind of get too much into it, but uh, yeah, had a, had a decent career at it. Mm. You know, got 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 some decent opportunities, met some amazing lads. Um, you know, I'm a massive Glasgow Rangers fan. Uh, I know that you and I probably disagree on a few things, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it was really cool to get to get an opportunity to get scouted by them, and you know, go and try. I was there for a couple, uh, probably about two and a half months, and. You know, I played played a couple of games. Uh, you know, as a trialist and whatnot. Yeah. Sadly, didn't didn't end up signing long term with them. But you know, I had a, had a bit of a taste of kind of that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Then I ended up kind of going into the amateur and junior leagues and whatnot, and just enjoying my football and yeah. playing, you know messing about and that. But yeah. yeah, yeah, football was a big part of my life. No, that's good. It's amazing. Obviously, yeah. you obviously had a bit of skill in, in other sports too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, obviously, I was a bit similar, right? Yeah. I, I used to play football and then yeah. I kind of drifted off into boxing, but. What do you think, find like the difference between like a team sport and then obviously boxing is very individual? Yeah, did, did you find like was that something that made you kind of definitely that you preferred like the individual or, or you know obviously there's pros and cons of both? But. Definitely pros and cons of both. It's a good question, man. Uh, honestly, um, I uh, I struggled initially with being um, so exposed. You know, when you're when you're boxing, you're very much exposed. You're you're alone, you know, and uh, it was, you know, a little bit frightening actually, you know, initially in, in the beginning, you know, when you kind of find your feet a wee bit. Um, I I love the camaraderie of team sports. I love kind of the buzz and the banter and mm. being a being a part of a unit was very very cool. Um, but I also really enjoyed the fact that although you are alone in the ring and whatnot, you, you you're still part of a team and a club. And I found the, the culture and what you get and what you can give to in the environment of a boxing club is still very similar to a team sport, even though you're operating, you know, uh, a solo when during competition. Yeah, and it was very much like you know I, did, I ran track and uh, and field and whatnot and, and um, steeplechase. Uh, it's the same thing, although it's a solo sport and it is a wee bit nerve wracking, especially if kind of higher kind of competitive levels. Um, you're still part of a of a, team. Of a team, you know, so it is a wee bit different. Um, I have to say that probably playing football edges out intrinsically. I did ha have a lot, had a lot more fun doing it, mm. um, but it's just because it's a very different activity to boxing. Of course, yeah. And if you could go back, well, however many years, I don't, I don't know oh, what to say, but if you could, <laughs> if you could go back to, to them years and, and, and hit one to really nail, nail that, yeah. you know, obviously. Similar to me, I kind of started with one sport and then switched over to another. If you could go back and start on one and just really, really go for one, what, what would you choose? Well, I was a lot more talented at football than I was at boxing, I have to say. Uh, and if I could go back again, um, I would definitely put all my energy back in football again. Yeah. Uh, I love boxing, I love track and field, like I loved all the different sports I played, even played badminton. Oh yeah? yeah so Badminton's a good sport. So we know the secret. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. Honestly, like, there is not a anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, no, I have told a couple of people since. Um, but uh, it's actually quite similar from a footwork perspective to boxing mm. in a lot of ways, which is why I think I kind of transfer quite easy into it. But I would definitely go back and really kind of put my, my mind in and body and soul probably into football. I know we're on a boxing boxing podcast. Yeah, no, I love the sport. I love it. Yeah, I love the sport. But uh, yeah, I think I think definitely football. But if somebody was to say would you change anything, I, I, I definitely wouldn't. Yeah, no, we do it all exactly good. the same. I had a great time doing both. Good man, good man. Yeah. And like you say, it's all about experiences, right? So, 
And going back to boxing, so obviously you started your training and stuff like that. Once you like broke through and started beating up the, all the bullies. <laughs> no, I just think they just got sick of beating me up to be honest. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, so you started competing of course, yeah. right? Yeah. And where were you competing out of? So competing at different clubs in Scotland and England, um, you know, and then up, when I was, kind of started really competing earnestly, you know, when I was at university at that kind of age, between kind of 19 and 22, mm-hmm. um, moved down to London, you know, had a, got back, I took a, a few years off, probably about three and a half, four years off, uh, focused really kind of a lot on football. Um, when I went into law school, um, you know, things changed a little bit. I remember having a fight at the very start, thinking this isn't, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of need as many brain cells as I can get, plus the time commitment and whatnot. But different gyms, different coaches up and down the UK, um, different experiences in a lot of different places. Um, I find that a lot of boxing clubs, depending on which one you choose, and it's it's like anywhere in the world, you know, you need to choose the right environment to be in. Sadly, um, you know, some of the environments I was in probably weren't as conducive to producing the best out of me at that time when mm-hmm. I'm in that kind of late teens, early twenties, which, you know, from an athletic development perspective, is a time where you can you kind of go one or two ways if you're in the right environment, which is a massive part of the psychological aspect of. Um, you know, progression in sport. So without obviously getting into too many details as to where and why, um, you know, I was maybe unfortunate a little bit to be in environments that maybe didn't give me the right opportunities, maybe didn't make me feel as kind of safe and comfortable as I possibly wanted to, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, is a little bit unfortunate. Um, but you know, I love I love my kind of competitive days. Yeah. And a bit of a patchy record, um, as you know, the the standard and the the partic- level of participation of boxing in the UK is maybe a little bit higher than it is in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you kind of you drown out a little bit in the in the sea of other people. And yeah, so yeah, very talented lads have been doing it a very long time, much more consistently. And um, I think that was one of the things that actually got me to stop. You know, competing um, for a little bit, but I really missed being in the gym and went back to start coaching at a relatively young age, um, which is, you know, why I've got quite a few years under my belt as a coach now, um, making the decision to kind of stop that competitive aspect of things to further my law career and whatnot at the time because I just qualified as a lawyer, and but still needed that. I need to be in the gym. Yeah. And a big part of why I wanted to get into coaching um, is that I wanted to change the experiences that I had when I was competing and provide athletes the opportunities and the platforms and the the, the manner of coaching that I didn't receive. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's good, obviously, sorry to hear, obviously, the experiences, but obviously, evidently, that's what shaped you to, yeah. to be such a good coach. Yeah. And like you say, you're building an experience for people that don't have to go through the, the challenges that you faced, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's a, a a major thing yeah definitely you know definitely um you know my approach to coaching is a little bit maybe a little bit different to a lot of other people um i've still got a hell of a lot to learn uh, I'm, I'm an all the years all eyes open all times guy um you know um everybody's got a wee bit of ego here and there and i think in a sport like boxing you need to you need to retain a lot of self-confidence which maybe kind of creeps into being a little bit egotistical about things so like you know maybe coming back down and you know um dropping that and you know kind of really diving in and you know, being open to things is a big part of, of why you know I really want to progress as a coach mm-hmm. in this sport. Um, apart from the the intrinsic aspects of it, you know, I absolutely love dealing with people in the sport. And like like I said, you know, the, the experiences that I had 
both positive and negative, but maybe particularly the negative experiences of things that I always thought back to when I was an athlete, thinking, God, like, you know, I, I wish I had like this as a coach. You know, I wish I had a coach who mm-hmm. would actually remember my name. I wish I'd had a coach where I'd turn up for a fight and actually he forgot to actually register me for that for that day. And it was, you know, I've had lots of different experiences yeah. like that. So my approach is is very, uh, I become very involved mm-hmm. with my athletes. You know, I like to, I like them to know, especially in a sport like this, that they've got the support that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm in love with the technical aspect of, of this game. You know, uh, the technical and psychological aspect of this are something that I really geek out on. I love it. Um, and I'm always keen to learn from, from everybody, my peers and, and people that are, you know, many years ahead of me in the game. Yeah, that's good. I mean, obviously, for you to say that stuff yourself already tells a lot about you as a coach, do you know what I mean? And, like, obviously that's a lot of people, especially athletes, they, they, they need that kind of, that coach, someone who's, like, really on, on their side, you know? Yeah. It's all good. There's coaches out there who are just good at, like, boxing, but they don't know the other side of, you know, sure like people management sort of thing, right? Well, that's so, what it is. This, this is, you know, the, the, the primary skill, I think, that, that you're going to have, apart from the technical aspect of things, is managing your people. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you go into a club, you get lots of different characters. Lots of, lots of people come into, get into boxing for very different reasons. But there is a consistency almost in the kind of type of character that you get that enter into boxing clubs and into those situations. But like you said, like, it is about people management and really being able to spot the differences in what drives people, what motivates people, what demotivates people, you know, what are, what are their main concerns as an athlete, you know, um, mm. you know, how do they train, what's their cycle, you know, are they male, female, you know, you know where, where are they operate from, and that's actually something I love, you know, I love mm. that aspect of the game, um, I, you know, it's, it's something, like I said, I geek out on just a little bit, yeah. and I spend a lot of time on that aspect of things, which is, you know, maybe not noticed so much by the athlete in the amount of time that you put into this. Um, and it's, it's a passion, so it's, it's never a chore. It's something mm. I'm absolutely delighted to do. Um, but I have found that there's definitely a positive correlation with spending the time to do that with somebody and their performance. And yeah, their success and their performance. Yeah, that's it. You dig in and find out what it is that makes them tick. And absolutely. Right. You, evidently, you want to get the best out of them. And, and obviously, that's what they want as well. So that's it. That's, that's it. good, mate. Yeah. And then, is there any, like, what's like the most like positive experience you had from your boxing days? Is there like a, is there like a fight or, you know, something you won or just, just a moment of like, you know, being with, with, in the gym with, with the team, is there a certain gym, you know, like, I mean, is there anything that kind of sticks out for you? There are a couple of things. Um, I think... Rolling back the years here. Trying to try roll back the years here, <laughs> yeah, Dan. Roll back the concussions. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think I think um, the uh, the biggest thing, probably from a competitive perspective, um, was actually when I when I stepped into starting to coach in Bahrain. When I went mm-hmm. back to Bahrain, um, and uh, we started a program called the Malakam Scholarship Fund, and it was initially designed to allow kids in the sport to come in and break down the barriers of entry to, you know, from a cost perspective, from a societal perspective, you know, and then also the sport in Bahrain wasn't very well known and wasn't very well participated in, mm-hmm. um, you know, introducing people to something that, that, you know, is a combat sport, but understanding that there's a culture around, you know, respect and there is a level of safety protocol that if you put it in, you know, you can mitigate a lot of the injuries and whatnot. And so through this program, 
actually, and this is probably the proudest thing that I've actually managed to achieve so far, which we still have in my gym, Barring Boxing Club, back, mm-hmm. back in back in Bahrain, um, you know, the, the seeing the progression of the lads that have come in, you know, they haven't had to pay fees, we've taken them on tour, we've done charity nights, and we've seen these lads grow up into into men who are very talented boxers right now, um, representing the country in an international level. Um, you know, there's a great, there's a great um, uh, boxing program at the moment there, you know, um, there's a head coach from the UK who's doing a tremendous job in building up, you know, from a grassroots level and many other aspects. So that aspect of running a program to get lads into the gym and get them to try a new sport, but then now to see the level of success and talent mm-hmm. is, is probably the biggest thing for me uh, from a moment of pride, you know, looking back um, at that kind of yeah. level, for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't, even, I didn't know that, so yeah. it's news to me as well. But like, yeah, obviously building a platform and seeing it strive and absolutely you know it's like and creating creating the environment you know i've been in boxing gyms where there's been maybe sectarianism there's been racism there's been a little bit of you know um from a social perspective you know there's there are differences you know and one of the biggest things you know bahrain does have not a very big issue with it but there is like a minor sectarian issue in bahrain um you know and like growing up in the west coast of scotland you know i'm very familiar with sectarianism um, uh, and the, the the beautiful thing i think was that we created an environment whereby these things weren't even weren't even mentioned, weren't even talked mm-hmm. about, you know, everybody came in, they just loved the sport of boxing. Um, and, uh, you know, that the societal aspect of things was also something I was very proud about, you know, but, but seeing these lads, you know, 14, 15 and 16, who are probably now, you know, well, they're 20, 21, 22, representing, you know, Bahrain at the international level, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, is, is, a, is, a major, is a major thing, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it's all down to, to me and what I did, but it was definitely a springboard and launching yeah, path yeah. for those lads, and we, we hope to be able to continue. COVID's made things very hard, but we're still progressing and pursuing, and it's a great pride of mine to see those lads back in the gym coach and leading the club now and they've kind of taken yeah, yeah. over the club and they're you know they're, they're the ones running it so uh, amazing yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really really cool it's like you built a culture and obviously like these guys who started and now obviously running that thing so you're keeping that culture all the way through and long may that continue obviously you know and absolutely you know and, and it's it, these are cultures and, and different things that I didn't have when some of the clubs that I was in mm-hmm. so it was like you know I want to introduce something that I didn't have and again it's on the basis of I had some wonderful coaches and some really great experiences but you know the things that, I'm, that, I, that really actually motivated me from an intrinsic perspective where it was to create situations for me and others based on the negative experiences that I had and turn those into a positive eventually yeah, yeah. and so that's the kind of biggest thing the biggest driver as well so yeah, yeah. we'll make it that's, that's class man yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's really nice yeah I appreciate that um and so coming over to Canada yeah how how did that come about and obviously you I know you're into your boxing yeah. You moved over to Canada. You moved straight to the Sunshine Coast. Straight to the, sun, straight to the Sunshine Coast. Um, I came over on holiday a couple of times um, and uh, went to the Sunshine Coast Boxing Club. It was founded by Mr. Rick Shannon, a wonderful gentleman, a man of great knowledge in boxing. Uh, me and him have had I don't know over fifty fights together in the in the, in the corner, and I've learned, learned a lot from him. He founded the Sunshine Coast Boxing Club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, a few years ago and I went in there just to train and meet everyone and whatnot, you know, to let them know I'd be moving to Canada in about a year's time. 
year, year goes by, move over, and the you know I, I coached a lad called Marcus Davies, who I'm sure, oh, yeah. I'm sure you know Marcus very well. Yeah, yeah. And we were uh, we weren't actually part of boxing. The, the club was in both boxing BC and there was another organisation called Comsport back then. And oh Marcus, yeah, I heard yeah, of that. I think yeah. it was before I came. I think it's been before your time. Yeah, mm. only only just. Mm. Um, and uh, Marcus asked me to to be his coach for a fight, and I said absolutely. You know, it's actually what I do. Mm. Um, you know, I left my law career. I was at the lawyer for a few years, and uh, you know, I was in consultancy and all that kind of that kind of stuff. And I left that to, to start a boxing club. Mm. And, and uh, you know, we took you know we took him. Uh, it was my only my only boxer at the time. Essentially, because it's, it's a very small place. It's a very small pool of people anyway that are involved in any competitive sport. Boxing, I think we had two or three, you know, consistently competitive people. And the Sunshine Coast Boxing Club had a great record. It had some mm. great boxers and great fighters come out of it. And uh, we won the BC middleweight title, whatever it was, from Comsport. And uh, and at that point, obviously, due to the lack of progression in, in that organisation, I said, you know, that Boxing BC is where, where we should yeah. be for progression, you know, because... You know, let's get it to nationals. That was our goal, yeah, which yeah. we managed to achieve. Actually, and he, you know, he got to the quarterfinals of nationals, which is a big thing for Marcus. And and uh, yeah, that kickstarted my boxing career. Here, really, was my relationship with Marcus and Rick. Mm-hmm. And gone on to coach a few other fantastic people who I've become, you know, great friends with. Uh, I miss all those all those people very very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the gym is kind of opening back up again, and they're they're going through their their kind of cycle, which is tough anyway because of lack of people. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been it's been a great introduction. It's helped me really kind of meet people and the way I've met people and the way of the the friends who are, you know I love dearly now in, in Canada. Four years in, are all actually from boxing. You know, mm. Almost all of them are through yeah, boxing yeah, yeah. BC, mm. and that's another beautiful thing of this sport. It really brings people together in so many different ways. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, yeah, and then so obviously in the Sunshine Coast, did you find it like obviously? Boxing over here is is obviously not that big, so I imagine on, even on the Sunshine Coast, yeah. it would be even harder to, to get people to you know to yes. get people in their doors and Absolutely. to the level of competing. Okay. How how did you find it actually getting people to compete and stuff like that, and even getting bouts? Obviously, you'd have to travel over here by by boat yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and no, other places. So I assume it's. it's um, it was a big challenge. Pain in the ass. It, it was. It was a bit right. It's it kind was. of like me being in a little jersey having to fly over to England that's to get it. a fight. Right. That's so. it. It's, exa- it's exactly the same. Exactly the same, Daniel. You're right. The challenges that we the challenges that we faced there was, you know, firstly lack of participation just due to the, such a small population. The demographic of the Sunshine Coast is obviously there's, there's a lot of older people and then there's a lot of quite young kids mm. um, from you know fat, you know new new kind of young families maybe move from the from the, the city over to, to, to Sunshine Coast and whatnot. So the biggest challenge that we, we faced was like just the, the demographic it just wasn't right for people to participate in the sport. Mm. And then the very few that we did have was keeping them interested and active. So the only way that we would do that was you know to have really committed people people like Marcus and you know Angela Cantor who's another really yeah. she's a great athlete and you know Theo Contikakis and you know we've had we've had you know a few other lads who have, who have been quite active and the only way was to come over for sparring you know jump on the ferry yeah do sparring days you know and then every other weekend we're over here you know for fights or for sparring and whatnot and that's that's the only way that we did it and again you know um, when I when I launched uh, Lift Strength Conditioning Centre which was my business and my gym. Um, you know, and the Sunshine 
course boxing club was housed kind of within that you know we, we kind of integrated the two gyms together we we launched the same program i launched in bar a which is the Malacca scholarship fund which was actually we named it the repelly scholarship fund there was a it was a gem that helped us you know build the gym and whatnot a very very good man and a good friend of mine and uh through that same structure what we managed to do was try and get we had a free kids program you know we're just trying to build the the interest in the sport of boxing mm-hmm. we had two or three kids come in and very talented kids and the same thing you know we're kind of building that momentum sadly until covid hit so that was the first thing was breaking those barriers down you know bring them over and yeah. to spar to meet other gyms in, in the city and um through the same structure what we adopted in, in bahrain we started to kind of build up a really nice competitive team um and yeah the, through those kind of breaking down those barriers everything else kind of got a little bit easier but like you said it was a daily challenge yeah a daily yeah challenge. that's good mate yeah. it's like working with what you have and you still have lots of success i mean yeah i've seen that like, the names that all you that you've just mentioned i've seen yeah. all of them fighting yeah they're all like you know what i mean amazing fighters oh, like you especially marcus he's a he's yeah. an animal he is an animal he's a good man but, um, yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah like obviously i think that's that's amazing as well i kind of kind of relate coming from obviously yeah. a small little island as well okay. so I, I i understand absolutely um absolutely. now for for boxing B, bc you're yeah. obviously very heavily involved in yeah. that and yeah. so how did that come about and and like what? What's next for you in in that aspect? That's 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 a, that's a great question. I mean, um, I uh, I obviously became involved in boxing BC when we brought Marcus and a few of our athletes into the association a few years ago, and um, I met um, Ryan O'Shea, who's the current president. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Um, he's his dad's from Liverpool. He's a scouser, and you know, I've got a, I've got a, you know. A, I love people from that part of the world, and you know we just get chatting. He actually refereed one of our fights. Um, it was actually Marcus's fight. It was actually at Griffin's Boxing Club, and um, you know we just got chatting and whatnot. And um, you know a few months down the line, we're at nationals in Langford, and um, you know uh, I was talking to Ryan, and he said, you know, listen, you know, there's we've got a board of directors. You know, maybe your legal experience and your commercial experience and whatnot would be would be something that we could use. There, there's an election coming up. Um, you should put your name in the hat to see if you get elected and you know have a little campaign and see where you go kind of type thing and if the membership elects you then you get in mm-hmm. and I said sure you know that sounds good uh, put my name in um, obviously ran a little election campaign called everybody up nobody knew who the hell I was I was mm-hmm. in people up you know a Scotch guy and they're like uh, what are you trying to sell us <laughs> yeah I was I mean, exactly but you know I said oh I've met you before and whatnot and they couldn't kind of put the face to the name which to the accent especially the, yeah, you know, yeah. the which is fine <laughs> uh, and I actually joined the board of directors as first director at large, um, mm-hmm. served a year as that, and then I ran for third vice president last December, and you know got elected, and you know through through that aspect of things, you know I, I basically my responsibilities are to obviously help you know people like Ryan Shea who, who does a tremendous job and carries actually a lot of the. Mm-hmm. The weight of activities to run this association on his shoulders. I quite frankly don't know how he does it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he loves this association and he does a great job. And we've got a great team of people, a very progressive, diverse board of directors right now. Um, and uh, basically, the, the the bottom line is to progress the sport of amateur boxing in British Columbia. Mm. And you know, provide the high performance team with what they need. Provide the grassroots, you know, level what they need. You know, provide you know smaller communities, you know, who are maybe underrepresented in BC opportunities to become athletes coaches referees and judges you know maybe even on the board and you know i've been i've been, I've been involved in, in different things from you know um, creating new equity policies and 
you know, updating our, you know, different kind of building harassment policies, for example, or mm. create new subcommittees, you know, for, you know, for example, that we've just struck a new subcommittee for indigenous boxers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. and we're working on an LGBTQ2 plus committee. And so my job, really my passion again, is to, is to provide a platform and break down barriers and get people involved in the sport. Yeah. Even if it's just one person, you know, yeah, in a sense. And, you know, I've got another year as third vice president and I'm, I'm you know, hoping to do as much good as I can. That's oh, good, and rightfully so, you know what I mean? You're definitely there because Thanks, you should be there, so yeah, thank you. congratulations. Yeah, cheers mate, I really appreciate that. Um, going a little bit off of the Boxing BC, okay. I just wanted to ask, yeah. what, what do you find of, uh, obviously, you, like you say, you want a platform for everybody to get into the sport yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. What's your opinion on like these fights with like the YouTubers <laughs> and, and all that? So, so I'll start off with this, and it, we'll take it out of boxing for a minute, mm. right? Um, you know, you have to admire people who create their own opportunities in life. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to admire people who earn their living the way that they can. And so from that perspective, what these YouTubers are doing uh, for themselves, and maybe, you know, as an inspiration to other people who perhaps weren't, you know, very deeply involved in a sport, be, be it boxing or an activity, whatever it is, you have to you have to show there's a level of admiration there to be so mm. enterprising, which is what it is. Yeah. Do I personally think it's good for the sport? I think it's it's a two pronged answer. I think, yeah. I think firstly, yeah, maybe it is a little bit good for the sport in the sense that you know we're gonna expose ourselves to people who would probably regularly never watch boxing. Mm. Have I seen a positive correlation in? Oh, you know, Jake Paul or you know whoever it is 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 kind of come in and he's having these kind of basically gl they're glorified white collar charity yeah. events, yeah. but they're kind of listed as a, as a professional yeah, yeah. a professional bout, which is fine. And we could talk about the promotions aspect of that in a second. But, you know, have I seen so many people out of a different demographic, you know, and, and a different background join the sport because of them as an inspiration? I haven't personally, mm -hmm. maybe other people have. Um, so from a participation perspective, I think we've probably remained kind of the same. Mm -hmm. From a viewership perspective, it's gone up. Um, I can't say, uh, you, know, as, you know, and this isn't to be disparaging to anybody, but I, I won't can't watch the fights yeah, for a lot yeah. of different reasons. I think it's a little bit, and that brings me back to the other side of this answer was, you know, I do think there is a, there's something wrong when you have um, seasoned professional boxers acting as an undercard to somebody who's yeah. practically never fought never. in the sport mm -hmm. against somebody else who's never fought in the sport. I think it was Badu Jack was the undercard when one of the, the brothers fought some ex NBA star, oh, right. and when I saw that, you know, I thought I thought that was quite sad. Even thought, Tommy Fury, the other day. Even Tommy Fury is there, you know, as a, he's, he was undercard when you know mm. when was it Jake Paul or Jake Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he still like had professional bouts, right? Proper professional bouts. Who so. <laughs> Tommy Fury? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's, a, he's an upcoming pro. He's he's actually a talented lad. I've seen him box before, and you know, so it's a little bit sad when you see that happen. But at the end of the day, you know, Dan, like money talks, and pro boxing is all about. Money. Yeah, that's it's it. about Most generating money. money. Mm -hmm. You know, promoters are going to put their money behind what they can. And you know, during times like COVID, um, you know, uh, people are kind of pivoting and doing what they can to, you know, obviously make money the way that they can. So mm -hmm. again, from an enterprising perspective, I can. There's no argument. Do I think it's necessarily going to be really positive for the sport? Not really. You know what happens when the Logan brothers, you know, or, or the Paul brothers stop stop fighting? Yeah, and they kind of get bored of this. Mm. You know who's who's next. You know, so will it necessarily drop participation in the sport? I don't think so. But maybe we'll have less kind of fights 
the kind of viewed pay-per-view type thing. Um, so like ultimately, um, I kind of it's a bit no. cringy. It's, it's a bit cringy, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Like, I, no, I agree. You know, and what it does for me is it takes away opportunities. I think for lads who you know fight at an amateur level for a number of years and then kind of scrape through. Yeah, the, the pro, yeah. The, you know, the pro game at the start. Um, you know, and uh, I'll tell you this: I'll be, I'll show a lot more respect to either one of those lads if they if they get in with a pro at the, at the same record. So mm. I think one of them's three and zero now. Yeah, yeah. Jump in with a lad who's it's actually true. a boxer and had an amateur career. I yeah, think, yeah. Know, somebody who's hungry, give them an opportunity, mm. an unknown almost. Yeah, yeah. Let's see where that goes. Mm. You know, and uh, and that would actually make me respect them a lot more, regardless of what would happen performance-wise. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it kind of is glorified WWE mm. type stuff. That's it. It's a bit I crazy. think for me as well, I, I completely agree with everything you said, and like you say, it brings new eyes to the sport, and then. Who knows, maybe then kids who are watching them going, oh, I want to do that because sure. this guy does it. But then what happens when, and obviously like families and whatnot, but yeah. what happens when one of them lads gets hurt? Because yeah. inevitably, like from what I've seen, like I have watched a couple of the fights, mm-hmm. never paid for them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but I've watched them and, and you know, there's a lot of clinching and hanging yeah. off the DNA, yeah. which, is, which is what I expected, right? Absolutely. But what happens when one of them actually gets seriously hurt? And then people are going to be like, right, you, you know. Well, this is it. It, you know, it kind of goes the other way. Exactly. And nobody's going to want to come in because. Exactly. You know, and then that's what I'm worried about. That these guys think it's a game and it's all good. They're getting paid and stuff. But when they come against somebody decent and yeah. like you know yourself, I mean, there was a, a young girl who, who passed away yeah, recently, right? Very, this very game is it's not a game, yeah. right? There's definitely not. And a game. they're very much treating it like it is, and that's that's what I'm worried about. On the flip side, yeah. that something like that's going to happen. Absolutely. No, look, I agree with you. And I think, I think there's a couple of things to be said about that. I think people coming into the gym, say they get inspired by one of these lads and they go into a gym. And, you know, if it's not the environment that they're usually used to, um, you know, there could be, you know, you, you, get, you get hurt at some point in boxing. You get a wee bit of a concussion, you get maybe winded or whatever it is. And depending on what type of youth program you enter into and the environment the gym that you're into, it can be very safe and you can recover and recuperate. Um, or it could be somewhere that you might not step back into again. And that's something that we see anyway in, in the sport. Um, but I think, I think what this does is from a societal perspective, what I'm noticing is that a lot of people, as a lot of young people now especially, uh, be it in sport or other aspects in their life, there is um, a, a, almost a need for kind of instant success, instant mm. gratification. They need to kind of achieve something very quickly. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't participate anymore. My worry is that when you get lads come in and I don't want to say take away opportunities from other pros, but when they, they're given an opportunity that's perhaps a lot easier to say be you know the main event on a on a pro card when they've not, in my opinion, really earned it from an yeah, event or a sporting perspective. Of, yeah. Mm. When you enter into the sport and you have a disappointment of say you have your first fight and it doesn't go very well and you kinda you, you feel a bit fuzzy headed from concussion and you feel embarrassed and we've all been there. Yeah. You know, will those people kind of see it in the same light? Mm. And like you said, on the flip side of that, if one of those lads actually, f- I, I've heard rumors that is it Jake Paul might fight Tommy Fury. I think so. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'd love to see that. I would actually. Yeah. That's actually the time where I'll start paying for these things mm. and actually participate in watching these things rather than kind of hearing my mates talk about it later. Go, oh, okay. You want yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and you know what happens? Like you said, if you know if he gets hurt, you know, and uh, and if something like that happens, you know, do our people they're going to raise the rivers and start demonizing the sport of boxing? Mm. Oh, it's a dangerous sport. It's brutal. Should never be allowed, and etc. and so forth. 
So these are these are things that maybe haven't been considered yet. Yeah. Um, or if they have been considered, maybe overshadowed by the fact that again it boils down to that with that one word and that's yeah. money. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's I'm, the problem, right? That's the problem. So well, I, I guess I, we, I guess we just have to yeah. wait and see. I believe that if he does fight that, Tommy, like I think Tommy Fury will hurt. Him. Oh, absolutely. Because you know he, you know he's a big, he's a big, he's guy. a big lad. He's and a big he, lad. He knows how to box. He's right? a fury, right. and uh, you know for him, I don't think you know. I've heard rumblings of these things being fixed and whatnot, and I, I can't really put any any tune. Yeah, to that, yes. you know, but like I don't see a lad like Tommy Fury going in and, and being a part of that culture. Yeah. So uh, you know, props, big props to the to the lad if he actually gets organised a fight with him with somebody like Tommy Fury. But uh, I think he's he's he knows, he's yeah. going into different waters now. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we shall see. But ultimately, I I uh, I'm not participating in that aspect of the sport right now. Nah, that's good. For me. Yeah, some good fights lined up though. Some, yeah, you know, legit fights lined up. No, I, I'm the same. Fight. I do obviously. I. I Completely prefer actual professional yeah, boxing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I just want to touch base and just see see your thoughts on, on all that. Well, maybe he might watch this podcast and maybe you'll go into fighting. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll fight him. <laughs> maybe a couple million. Hell yeah, you couple million. And then just to wrap up, mate. So out of everything, like you know, you look from from competing, from start from starting training to competing to, to coaching, and, and now where you're at now. What's like? What's something that What's the most beautiful thing that you think about boxing, and what is it that I think I already know the answer to this? But what's like the, the biggest thing that you, you take away from boxing, and something that you want to give and express through the sport? Ultimately, look, you know, for me, this what this sport has given me personally mm. is is um, the opportunity to to bring people together. You know, the opportunity to have people um, come together. Uh, in in a discipline that is is, is very challenging and and uh, you know combative in nature, but the the demands almost a level of brotherhood and and, and self respect and respect for others that that is perhaps not shown in many other aspects of life, mm. you know, be it sport or otherwise. So you know, bring one of the biggest things is bringing people together and the people that have come into my life through the sport. Um, has probably been the biggest thing, you know. Um, the the other aspect of things, you know, which which for me, you know, what I've gained from you know competing, coaching, being involved in the kind of social aspect of the sport, is is seeing people grow and seeing their lives change, not just inside the ring from a from an athletic success or athletic performance perspective. Seeing their lives change in other aspects and in other ways, and seeing kind of younger lads grow up into men, or you know, seeing. You know, people like Marcus. You know his development. You know outside the ring and what that this is the sport's done for him, and and that's that's a big one is what this sport gives back to you, mm-hmm. kind of outside the ring as well, and what it's given to me. You know, for me to to be able to have different aspects of my life under control and a lot of discipline and a lot of kind of self-respect. You know, um, boxing's given me so much, but definitely yeah. the people involved in the sport and what it can do for people and, and societies is, is the biggest kind of driver for me. Yeah, sure. no, that's beautiful, mate. Thanks, man. Ah, right, Tariq, like I say, one of the good guys in the sport. Like, Thanks. like I, I love everything about you. What you do, you're a very like popular, friendly face around the boxing scene, and Appreciate I know everybody can come and talk to you about anything, anytime. So I just want to say thank you for coming on, and obviously good luck for everything that you're doing. And Thanks, man. Look absolute forward to, to working with you as well whenever I can. So yeah, absolute pleasure, man. Yeah, right, thank mate. you very much. Oh, yeah, appreciate that. Nice, and, uh, All the best with the podcast. I'm loving it. Yeah, thank you so much, man. All right, brother. Cheers, buddy.